morning, good morning, and welcome to Bite Size Conversations today with me, Kylie Mowbray-Allen from Hello Media, and I'm zooming in from uh, Bangalore today on the north coast of New South Wales, and I'm joined with by with Jenny Walk with Bark, I'm not sure there, um, from Elephant in the Room Consulting. You can't see her, but you will be able to see her in a moment because I'm going to share my screen and you'll see her little smiling, beautiful face just there. And our topic today is cash flow. Um, hello, Jenny. How are you going? I'm doing really well. Thanks. Thanks, Kylie. Hello, everybody. I'm driving from Middlemount to Emerald in central Queensland. So sorry I can't be there on video, but I'm definitely here on voice. So where is that exactly, Jenny? It's quite far away, isn't it? Yeah, Emerald is around, oh, Middlemount's about three hours from Mackay. Um, so inland or about an hour south of Emerald, so that kind of central North Queensland. Wow. Is it warm? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's been chilly last night, but it's about 20 degrees. Sun's out. The fog is not, there's no fog today, so it's been a really beautiful day. Gorgeous. And what are you off to do today, Jenny? So I'm actually flying home. I was up here yesterday with one of my clients. We had a meeting with um, some traditional owners and had a really beautiful day. Um, working with them yesterday and are uh, incredibly blessed actually because we had they did it that was a little bit impromptu that was just beautiful and felt really blessed to, to actually um we we seem to Hello. Have Oh, you're back. Are you there now? Yeah. Yes. I, 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 I stopped talking and you stopped talking. That's the joy because we can't see each other's mouths. So we oh, know no. when we, we stopped talking. No, we haven't been able to hear you for a while. So um, I wasn't <laughs> sure if you were there or what was happening. But let's get stuck into... Uh, oh, no. Sorry. Let's get stuck into cash flow, Jenny. So um, while you've got some coverage there, chat with us about... We, we mentioned last week that cash flow is pretty much the biggest issue for most small and medium businesses. And so what can you share with us from your perspective in dealing with your clients about how that goes for you? Oh, we seem to be having some um, some challenges with the Zooming in. Strange from, if you can't hear me. Hello, can oh, you hear me? Yes, I can hear you again now. Great. Yeah, I've it's it's so weird. I've got full bars, so it's a bit strange. I'm just pulling over because I'm I'm on my road, so we've got plenty of time. So cash flow is so important in business because the issue we have is cash flow determines your ability to keep the business afloat, to keep those lights on, if you like. And so managing cash flow, particularly those first couple of years of business where you feel like you've kind of um, you know, king and pauper in the same day um, can become really challenging. It is often one of the biggest reasons that uh, that business owners decide to close their business. King and pauper in the day. That's, you've said it so well. It's so <laughs> right, isn't it? Um, it's such, it really is such a big thing. And in the very, very early days of business, um, I was told you need to be putting something aside each day from what you're bringing in. And not, it wasn't very specific. But the best time came when I actually registered for GST about a year later, and they said, set up a separate bank account. And every time in comes an invoice or in comes an order, like particularly with wholesale where there's the GST there, put that GST 
in a separate account and then you never have to worry um when it's time for for you know your bass etc and then they said have an extra little account that's just got a tiny amount it might be just five percent of each thing that comes in that sits in that little account and then that's your little buffer so that has been a really massive winner for me whether i was in my e-commerce business or in or in this company and that's so, a real and it's such great advice it's such an important thing to do and to be honest when i started my business i didn't do that because when i as, as we all know i started with very little in the business it was kind of like oh my god is this going to work and so i didn't have the luxury of that cash flow very early on so and i, I had a, sorry i didn't learn that till about two years into business are you there yes so what did you do jenny how did you keep going obviously you need to have something in the bank because you're still going to pay groceries and your internet bill for example so a little bit of personal a little bit of business so what did you do for the juggle um it literally was a juggle and it caused a, a fair bit of stress but i too and i know this is going to sound silly but what i did is i actually just used to work out okay what are the bills coming up so i was very aware what that process did is made me very aware of what my bills were and what I was spending my money on. And I think by having that limited cash early on, it actually made me far more aware of what I was spending money in the business on. So I was a bit frugal and I was a little bit kind of like, do I need this expense? Is it going to add value to my business? Is it going to help my family? And if it answered those two questions, we would juggle the money to fit that. But what it enabled me to do is to be really critical and aware of the expenses. And as we started to grow, while I'm not probably not as frugal as I was back then, I am still aware of that conversation around, is this expense, is this purchase adding value? Is this going to help us move towards our goals? If it is, then it's a good expense. If it's something that's just a little bit frivolous, it's a different conversation. Yes, that's a really good one. Is it necessary for my business right now? Or can it be on my list for in six months time or in a year's time? Do I need it right now for the operating of my business? Exactly. And we don't often think about that. I think when I look at businesses who've come into, who started businesses with a good amount of cash in the bank and a lot of investment. And in fact, I was listening to a, a podcast or an article recently um, by Jim Collins, who was talking about the fact when you see um, Silicon Valley uh, entrepreneurs who come in with huge amounts of venture capital, they actually are slower to innovate because they don't have it that pressure they don't have that need to try and kind of make things work because there's lots of money in the bank and so what it does is by while it's it can be a little stressful that pressure of how am i going to get my money what am i spending my money on actually creates innovation because you have to find ways to work in a far more effective or productive and lower cost way and you come up with new ideas and things that you wouldn't have done had you had huge amounts of cash flow in your business and that really resonated with me saying well actually it is i found different ways to to run my business and i share those knowledges with my clients around hey you don't need to buy that you can use the free version of that software you don't need to go and buy expensive software to do certain things in your business you can look for alternatives yes it makes perfect perfect sense that if you have got it all you know sitting there you've got so a backstop in effect then yeah you don't have that same pressure and that same drive perhaps so yeah that's definitely an interesting interesting take on that um, I also think the importance of remembering where you're going to invest the bits that come in. So you and I are both, you know, always on the same page with this is that we want to invest in upskilling and, you know, improving what we offer and, and all of that. 
So um, yeah, it's really, really interesting, isn't it? Where we choose to spend those bits coming in. And, and I think cash flow is one of those things that can be the devil or it can be a savior for you. I think if you think about cash flow as simply about managing cycles. So you have to work out when you need to pedal faster. You need to work out when you need to slow down. So rather than seeing cash flow as a negative, and a lot of people refer to cash flow in a kind of negative, stressful way of having to manage cash flow. But if you actually just say that the cash flow in your business and the cycle of your business allows you to actually identify where the peaks and troughs, and as I said, where the, when you're king in the morning and a pauper in the afternoon because the bills come out, that's okay if you're aware of it. Because the biggest downfall for businesses is the unknown. Yeah. Right? We're not knowing that uncertainty and I don't know what's happening. But if I have clarity around when my bills are coming out, when I'm expecting to get money coming in and we can manage that in and out, it actually allows you to create growth and it actually facilitates growth because you can actually say, hey, this is a period of time where we don't have a huge amount of expenses. We're going to have a little bit of extra cash. So now's the time to do that investment. And that allows you to plan and actually really approach your business in a far more strategic way rather than kind of let's just see how it goes which did you get that some of it it's so funny i'm not moving i'm literally sitting in the, i pulled over i'm in the same spot and i'm loving gotta love internet because i'm watching the bars on my phone go up and down depending on the cars that drive past the vehicle oh. <laughs> <laughs> So um, apologies for those listening today. This is got this is a slightly odd one, but welcome yeah. to like technology and and our you know amazing internet in the middle. Flemingus, Australian Australian internet. We curse it a lot. That is for sure. So tell me about how do you how do you manage your cash flow in your business? Because you're like mine, a service businesses, but you also have a larger staffing pool. Like you've got a couple more staff than me. So how do you manage your cash flow with your staff? So I have five um, team members. I always make sure that I've got at least two weeks worth of wages sitting or two months, sorry, sitting aside. So should anything happen, that's sorted, which is good. Um, I also make sure that I always have that extra account for the GST that I put aside and that extra account where I just put sometimes 5%, sometimes 10% in of every invoice that comes in. So it's just sitting there hanging out. But definitely, definitely there are leaner times and they're, oh, what did you say? Pauper and king. <laughs> king. I love it. I'm going to say prince and pauper. <laughs> Princess, princess and pauper. Um, there's definitely times like that. But like we talked about last week, I've really learned that um, I have particular months that are really good months. And then there's months that are, you know, quieter months in terms of bringing on new people and, and things. So it's definitely, I feel, the longer you're in business, the easier it is to manage of what's going to be happening with the ebb and flow of your business. And 100%. one thing I've noticed is that with, but with my clients is that when they're going through a bit of an um, time of a leaner time, perhaps sometimes that'll be the time that they think they've got to stop spending money, whether it's on ads, et cetera. And I'm like, actually, this is the time where you need to really put into it because we've got to change. We've got to get over this little hump. So we've got to look at ways that we can bring some in. So what I really love suggesting to them is, hey, let's do a big clearance sale. Let's do a 10% um, off or 30% off for 48 hours or something and just bring a little bit of extra cash in. 
And um, because at the end of the day, you need to spend money to make money. So yeah, putting something out there, putting it out as an ad or something to bring in extra new things, uh, you know, new sales, et cetera. It's a really great way to, um, to, to bring in some extra cash. And I think it's, and, and as we talked last time, I think that's a really important thing to consider is that set pump. some people often think, oh gosh, I don't want to sell my stuff at sale because I'm reducing my, my I'm not going to have enough money and I'm not making money. But actually your business doesn't have to, it's not about making the maximum profit every single day if you're managing cash flow in that way. Sometimes it's actually clearing out inventory is an opportunity to create cash in the bank that allows you to refresh your inventory. And that then boosts your cash flow because you get new stock, new things in the store or new things, new offers that you can, that you can provide. And it actually refreshes your customer database at the same time. So I, I completely agree that running those sales and running sort of end of financial year or or, you know, run out deals like they do on vehicles, even, you know, when it's the old boost your cash flow in the short term, but also create that cycle for your clients. So it actually allows you to, you know, to refresh and, you know, and, and start to like, bring in new things and innovate about what you want to offer. Yes, totally. That's a really, really good one. Something you said last week that I thought was fabulous and worth reiterating today is that you said when, you know, when it's quiet times, that's a really good time not to be feel stressed about it, but to actually start doing some planning. And if you know in advance, these are, this is going to be my quiet month, then either take some time for your holiday then, or actually take that time to be planning and preparing the next big, exciting thing that you're going to be introducing. Exactly. In fact, we're doing that right now in our business. We've had three or four very large clients over the last six months. All the They're all kind of coming to an end and those contracts are coming to the end in terms of the bulk work we're doing now with some report writing and some, and some assets that we're sharing back with the client. And at the end of June, I'm actually taking job business came to us, obviously, but we'll, we're, we've got capacity and able to do it. But what it allows us to do is we're taking stock in July about what we want to do for the next financial year, where the business wants to grow, what type of clients we actually want to work with and reflecting on all the jobs that we've done. So we know July is going to be a slightly leaner month for us, um, but we also have some, you know, that kind of stock or core products that we, or core clients that we're working with. And then everything else on top of that is actually will either be gravy but we're not expecting that we're expecting july to be a quiet month to give us time to refresh re review our plans for the year but also then decide where do we want to play and where do we want to advertise in the next financial year yeah that's a good one i'm so excited and i think it's the first time i've seen in my whole life that i'm so excited about a new financial year but i just feel it's fresh and it's a chance to look at things you know we just had on Wednesday this week, we had a CEO day. We worked on lots of things behind the scenes, which just felt really good clearing things up. And um, I just saw a um, post that we've had here from someone that's listening in live that says, I know a business that went under as the bookkeeper didn't put the GST aside. And when they had to pay for it, there wasn't money, the money for it. Um, just shocking, which absolutely it is. So not having anything set aside is a really stressful, stressful thing to deal with. And are we, are we trying to make business easier for us or life easier for ourselves? Or are we trying to make it harder? And clearly none of us really want to make it harder, right? So making sure at the very least, putting that GST aside or putting that, um, that tax aside is, is incredibly important. 
And it's much easier. It's it's a much easier thing to do if you're a service-based business. I know a lot of people think that's a strange statement, but if I'm selling my coaching, I always talk about my products and everything being XGST. And I do that because I'm working with businesses offering it as XGST. It's educating them that there's a core cost. And there's that GST component that you don't own, that doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the government. And it, so it's actually the expense to your business is the core value of the product. So let's say it's a $6,000 program. That $600 GST is actually just extra. You have to pay it to the government. The government will pay it back to you if you end up, you know, spending more, um, if you're spending more of your GST than, you, than you've actually earned. But by, by constantly positioning your stuff as XGST and talking about your revenue in that way, it allows you to be really clear about, okay, my revenue this year has been 500,000 excluding GST or 200,000 excluding GST. And very clearly, you're not overestimating the value of your business, but you're also not overestimating that potential cash flow in businesses as well sorry can you repeat that jenny hello yeah i was just saying that when you're when you're estimating the value of your business you should always do an xgst because the gst component doesn't belong to you it's a government tax so therefore when you look when you when i'm promoting my products i talk about it being xgst there's a 10 percent on top of that that goes out but we're not overestimating the potential cash flow if we're in, if we're excluding that gst component from our conversations and our financial discussions that's such a good point. And Christopher, who's uh, listening in, has said, great point about the XGST distinction. I need to take that on in my business, which I totally agree with Christopher. Just making it really clear and, and speaking about it in that way makes it clear for others, but also really clear for yourself, which is, yeah. which is great. Yeah, absolutely. So cash flow, yes, definitely a really big one. I'm not sure if you heard, um, Jenny, or saw, I think it was on... I just saw it on, on YouTube, but I think it was the project. They were talking about what's going on in the building industry and all these companies just going down, which is just devastating for people getting houses built. Or, you know, just obviously just everybody. It's a really, really tough time out there in some industries. And what, what this one guy was saying from the Master Builders Association is that the problem is those big, big, big companies have such really small margins. So, and those fixed pricing when you go to build a house or whatever. So when you don't have anything as a bit of a buffer and then those cost of um, goods go up, you really at an absolute pickle. And, 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 it's, and one of my clients, actually, I, I have a client of mine who works on incredibly tight margins and the same thing happens in the labor hire industry where the business is established on less than 5% margins in, in the, for the beer contracts because they're looking at volume. And it's one of, and it's, for labor hire construction, um, the building industry, all those industries working on anything, any margins that are less than a source to play in when we're talking, including your expenses with your cash flow, because everybody ends up being um, really tight with their margins so they can actually win the contracts and it creates risk in the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really tricky, isn't it? So I think cash flow comes back to not just thinking, crikey, what, what cash have I got sitting in the bank that I've got to play with or whatever, but it's also really about that forward planning. 
and making sure those margins aren't too small, that you are allowing for movement in terms of what your cost of goods are, et cetera, to get your product out there or to offer your service, et cetera. So, yeah, I think I think the big one here is planning and- Head west on Thierry Road. <laughs> Sorry, that was very odd. My phone just decided to talk to me randomly because I'm sitting here for too long, probably. Um, yeah, so no, no, it is it, it is about planning. I mean, ultimately, we talk a lot about, I mean, all these conversations we, that we have every Friday, whether it's about pricing, whether it's about strategy or structure or goal setting, all these things is about creating the right habits for your business early on. And as you've done with your business, that set aside account for GST, your 5% rainy day fund and having your wages set aside, those things are just really good habit that we actually need to get involved and get our businesses in the mindset of when we start. And we have to remember though, that our revenue for our company is not ours. And we often forget that. We have to be really mindful that it belongs to the company, right? And so Absolutely. our primary... Our primary purpose is to manage the company's finance and to keep it running, whether you whether you're a sole trader, whether you're a hobbyist, or whether you're running a, a PTY LTD company, that revenue that comes in is the respect that, that is there to pay for the ongoing delivery of the business. What how we manage that is actually about not about us individually. It's not about what we're gaining out of it. It's not about our profit. And it's not even really about the wages we're taking out of it. The purpose of that company is to keep generating it revenue and being able to pay yourself from that revenue to say that the company is at this and then what am I going to take out of it that's a secondary conversation but I so often see people come in and say you know I, I, we've earned all this great money and they don't think about that back-end expenses and the ongoing costs required to run the business so it does take really good planning really good habits like you've created to make sure that you can sustain you know life as a business yeah yeah, it absolutely does. It's the habits, it's the planning. Um, Cassandra Jones, who's um, here in the, uh, in the Zoom room, she said, our Indigenous enterprise relies a lot on grants, which sometimes are very competitive. That's such an important <laughs> I have a client who um, is in a, a I, don't, I can't say what the space, but um, anyway, it's a really intense space, absolutely 100% needed and completely relies on grants and donations. And she just heard from the government a couple of months ago that they were wiping that side of, of what they were supporting and that there would be no more grants, et cetera. And that's literally just wiping out this entire sector that is so desperately needed. So, you know, she has to go looking elsewhere for, for the money, but wow, when it just becomes so touch and go about, can you even survive with what you're offering? It's, it's really tricky. And I know, and Cassandra's point is so true. And I mean, I work with, uh, being an Indigenous business myself and, and spending a lot of time and working with a lot of Indigenous businesses, especially new stuff, new businesses. One of the things we always talk about is how do you actually build a revenue pipeline for your business that sits outside, in, outside of the grant funding? So there's grant, the grant funding and the opportunity uh, we take that as an opportunity to build and boost your revenue, not as your revenue. And I think if you're, and, I'm, and I've got so, an amazing client that I work and she's in the grant space, but she's a not-for-profit doing healthcare work. And so the, the specific programs, and she's programizing the program, uh, what she's doing. So she's bidding for large groups deliver 
program work and she's designed that that deliver that so that's a different grant funding model but the smaller model that says look you know i need i can't start my business until i get this grant or i can't do this work until i get this grant i think is is misunderstanding the value and the use of the grants the business should be able to survive on its own as a commercial business we're not talking not-for-profits but commercial businesses should be able to stand alone without grant funding and the the way that you do that is about being innovative about the products you're selling and making sure you're meeting that market now even in the indigenous space that happens that happens regularly as a consulting work um, labor hire recruitment services you know physical products we can do those without having huge amounts of cash flow you just have to be really mindful and planned about how you deliver your business so i completely understand cassandra's point about the funding and the grant applications and things like that but back to the point is your business should be commercially viable and grants should boost us not sustain us yeah absolutely and christopher said something really good which is i have a reasonable idea of ongoing expenses in a list. To make it easier to grasp, I'll put it into a visual graph format. So that's the important thing, isn't it? Is figuring out what's the best way for you to be able to understand your business better and what's going on. And so we're using this amazing, well, we use zero. So that in itself is a, is a good thing. But as we all know in business, um, we all have a whole lot of subscriptions and things like that, that we have coming out, whether it's from our iTunes, whether, you know, that kind of subscriptions or platforms with, you know, things like Netflix, whatever it is, there's a lot of subscriptions coming out, internet, et cetera, et cetera. So um, aside from Zero, we have this other platform that we use, which um, we actually pay for. So yet again, is another subscription. But it's really great. It has every single subscription listed in there so that A, we can check out what we've got. And if we're just doubling up or got too much going on, but B, exactly what date it's coming out, et cetera. So that was really a massive help in managing that cash flow and knowing which uh, weeks are the bigger weeks where more comes out and which weeks are the less weeks and, all, you know, not less, the, the lighter weeks. So it's a really, really good one. So yeah, I definitely recommend whatever it is for you, whether it's a spreadsheet whether it's whatever, uh, like a subscription, things like what, like what we use, that it actually really clearly tells you what you've got going on so that you can stay on top of it. Exactly. And, I'm, and maybe we'll share the link of what that product is into the chat today, because a tool like that, it might have a cost associated with it, but if it's actually saving you money because you're able to look and analyze and see where you're spending, I think is a really important thing. Uh, whether it's a graph, whether it's a spreadsheet, however it is, agreed being on top of your, your expenses and knowing what you're spending your money on is so important in business and managing your cash flow. Yeah, absolutely. So managing it, planning for it, putting stuff aside so that you were putting some aside so that you've got some buffer there for you. All of those things are just so important. So thank you everyone for joining us today. There's been some great um, comments in the chat. Um, also, Keely has said, so right, in the first year, it's full of firsts and your budget is very much a guess. In your second year, you have an idea of expenses. I totally agree. As, it, as you go yeah. on, it gets easier to manage. But then, of course, we get curveballs. We get the pandemic. We get the floods. We get the fires. You know, there's all the things that come. So I guess the main learning is have something as a backup that's actually going to see you through. It was my accountant that said to me a long time ago, have three months sitting there at any one time so that you can continue on. That if anything happened, you've got three months to just to, to just keep you going. And I thought that was such great advice. 
And, and it is a really good advice. And that's definitely something to work through when you're in a business is to set up those cash flows. But we do recognize that if you're in the first couple of years of business, you're probably, you know, you're probably in purple land every day and that's okay. As, as long as you're actually making sure that you're still delivering the work, still, still being able to sell the product and managing those expenses, be innovative, find different ways to run your business leanly. Because if you can run your business lean, as soon as you actually start getting higher revenue in and you can actually start to, um, access some of those uh, different tools and techniques and products you actually become more effective and more efficient as you in the way that you work so being really mindful of that i think is definitely the way to go and to grow your business but such a great chat today kylie and the different tips in the comments thank you so much for sharing in the chat all the great comments today yes i agree that was really great jenny it's such a thing that many of us don't want to talk about it's not a comfort space for for a lot of us, but it's, no. it's a real thing. We really definitely have to look at it. I'll just let you all know before we zoom off, <laughs> zoom away, um, is that the, the the platform that we're using is called Track My Subs. There's lots more out there, but um, yeah, that's the one that we use, Track My Subs. It's really awesome. Good. Definitely look at that. Keeping track of things for sure. Well, guys, thank you all so much for joining us. We'll see you next week for a bit more bite-sized conversations, and we'll be sharing our topic. Thanks so much. All right, everybody, and um, we'll stop the recording and we'll have our uh, little bit of coaching for those that are in the room with us. So thanks, everybody. Great. Thanks so much. And have a wonderful day.